and uh, had someone ask earlier uh, about Christmas uh, Day, uh, which is on a Wednesday this year, and uh, yes, we are having service at 7 o'clock, and um, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't understand why we would not have it on the Lord's birthday, you know, well, what we celebrate is the Lord's birthday at least. Um, we have, uh, not to be overly critical of other churches, I don't understand why we would cancel a church service on a day that we use to supposedly reflect on the things of the Lord. And, uh. I fear so often that even in our churches, sometimes we contribute to the secularizing of what we ought to be doing for the Lord. And uh, we have far too many of those things we do without trying to do them intentionally that we find. There's no reason to do them intentionally. Amen. So anyway, uh, we're going to have service here at 7 o'clock if any of you show up or if not, I guess it'll just be me and Jonathan <laughs> and Reagan, maybe. Uh, if not, I'll put it on the video screen and you can watch me from wherever you're at. But uh, we'll figure a way to do that. But uh, I'll be here. So if you can come and come on, be a part of it. We'll have a good time together. And um, I'll leave it said at that. We, there's a lot more could be said on that, but let's... Uh, We'll take a time, another time to do that. All right, Second Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, one of the great privileges we get, uh, not only are we thankful and grateful for the salvation that God brings to us, but God chooses, and, and I, I want us to understand, I, I know we say this a lot, but I want it to sink in. I want it to register. God chooses to use us to serve Him. It is not something where God needs us. Um, it's a privilege. And I hope we don't ever get to the place where we think we're doing God a favor by our service to Him. He's doing us a favor by allowing us to serve. And um, he gives instruction in his word uh, over and over several times about our service. It talks about uh, moreover is required uh, in a steward that a man be found faithful. And I believe that faithfulness is something that God expects from uh, folks that are going to serve him. He gives talents of, uh, or a parable of the talents and the servants that they're to be uh, busy using what he has given to them and enabled them to do. He talks quite a bit about the fact that uh, without Him we can do nothing. We're to serve in His power and relying upon His strength to do the work and the convicting power of His Holy Spirit. You know, you know, you and I cannot save anybody. For us to think so, we're, we're vastly mistaken. We can bring people to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's the Holy Spirit that's got to draw them. And He's the one that's got to do the work. And uh, so I want to try to be a help today. Paul was writing Timothy, and he, he invested a lot in Timothy. Uh, I don't know if you enjoy reading the, the books that Paul wrote to Timothy and then later to Titus. And he, he was a firm believer in not just preaching to the generation that he was meant to preach to, but also raising up behind him young men that would be faithful to teach others also. 
and he invested a lot in them. And I, I think one of the downfalls perhaps in our, our independent circles, fundamental circles, over the years has been that we've been so focused on soul winning that we have neglected the, the practice of um, maturing and nurturing and training people behind us. And as a result, there are a lot, and I mean, you could go around the country and almost name them one after the other of churches that used to be solid, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, soul-winning Baptist churches that are no longer, and I think a large, large part is because they have not brought people in behind them and trained them uh, to keep the faith. Brother uh, Dan and I were talking just a few moments ago at how secularized things are becoming and uh, the idea that we've got to hold the line. Uh, we cannot continue to drift with the world. And so there are a lot of things that could be said about our service for the Lord. Paul uh, gives some things here to Timothy in verse number 15. We're going to look at those this afternoon. And uh, again, I'm sure there are many other things that could be said on the subject. But I'll give you the things that Paul has spoken to here of, of Timothy today. In verse number 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And Father, I pray that you'll bless the next few moments. Would you guide and direct our thoughts? Lord, we understand and know that it matters very, very little, if anything, what I say or what I think about this. But Lord, it certainly matters what the truth of this passage has to teach us. And I pray that you would help us to gain it, to understand it, and to put it into practice in our lives. That we would be doers of your word, not hearers only. So Father, enable us and strengthen us. I pray that you would help us to understand these things and to, to take them to heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Paul is uh, challenging Timothy. In fact, uh, several times he puts a challenge uh, to Timothy early on. He tells him to stir up the gift that is in him and not to neglect the things that his mother and his grandmother had invested in him. And by the way, I think we ought to always learn from that statement and that thought that when people invest their time and their heart and their, uh, their teaching into us, I believe that we ought to honor that. We ought to, as long as it is accurate and in line with Scripture, I think we ought to hold true to those things. But Paul tells Timothy here, as he gets to chapter 2 and verse 15 in this letter to him, the very first word is one that we don't like to, to read very much. Uh, in fact, we're on Christmas break right now from school, and Jonathan's on a perpetual Christmas break. He's just always on Christmas break all year long. But Reagan just got out here a few days ago, and Miss Carmen's out of the prison of, I mean, out of the teaching room uh, for a few weeks. And uh, so, but one of the things that it, it's a dirty word to some people is this thing of study. Study, because uh, I think it was Solomon that said that the reading, in the reading of books there uh, is uh, 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 much weariness, I think is the way it's worded. Much weariness in the reading of books. And the idea being that studying takes effort. Uh, the older we get, the more effort it takes, doesn't it? Uh, how many of you can remember things uh, from when you were a kid, but you have a hard time memorizing stuff now? You're, you're that way, that's the way I am. The older I get, the harder it is to memorize. But it's still necessary. Uh, something that when, when Paul said, uh, I pressed toward the mark, and then later on he says, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. I, I believe that God expects us to press, to give that effort, uh, to push forward until the day that he calls us home. 
Uh, I don't think there's any retirement in serving God. Uh, I think we just go on and we keep uh, trying uh, to attain and trying to reach the place that God would have us to be. Understanding we never will reach it on this side of heaven, but it's a goal that we are to be pressing for, something we're supposed to be longing for, stretching for. And so this idea of studying, Paul, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Timothy, you need to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And I think one of the first things that we find here in this verse that Paul talks about with, uh, with Timothy is the impression that he places upon Timothy to be diligent in this area of studying. Uh, it's interesting that uh, God leaves us here and he gives us the great privilege to take this book and to express it to a world that needs to hear it. And the truth is, I read a statistic just about uh, eight or nine months ago, I believe it's been now, that among Bible-believing Christians, only 18% read their Bible on a regular basis. 18%. 18 people out of every 100 actually read their Bible on a regular basis. I've heard preachers that have said, I'm so busy in ministry, I don't have time to read the Bible. Can I tell you this, that if we're going to take this message to a world that needs to hear it, we need to study it. We need to know it. We need to be well equipped in it. Uh, I understand that God can take the, the foolishness and the weak things of this world and He can use them to His glory. I'm reminded of the story of David when he went to face Goliath and Saul tries to put all this armor on him. And he says, I can't take these. I've not proven them. And God protects David and God allows David to do a mighty work. But can I tell you this, that there ought not to ever come a time that we're not proven in the things of the Lord. I know he could do it in spite of us, but wouldn't it be so much better if God could do it because of us? Because we have taken the time to study and to prepare and to know uh, the Word of God and to be able to express it. If we're going to be workmen for God, which is what we have the great honor and privilege of doing, then I believe there needs to be a revival in our hearts of, of diligence in this area of study. That there come times where maybe the flesh isn't willing, but the Spirit needs it. And so we come to the Word of God and we say, I'm going to study it. Uh, I'll tell you, there's... There's things that, uh, well, let me just use this illustration. I, I, it's a personal illustration. Forgive me for it. I love flying airplanes. I, I absolutely love it. have loved it since I was a kid. My uncle took me flying when I was about eight years old and fell in love with it. And uh, several years ago, I uh, talked to my wife uh, back then into letting me get my pilot's license. And I will tell you this. I, there is so much to learn to fly an airplane. A lot of uh, ground school, 20 hours of ground school, and you've got to learn all this stuff. Uh, I crammed 20 hours into about 60, and it took me that long to retain uh, what I needed to know for it. And I'll tell you this, I did not enjoy the studying. I, I, don't enjoy, I didn't un enjoy learning about weather. I didn't enjoy learning about navigation, Brother Harold, geometry stuff, you know, uh, navigation and headings and angles and wind corrections and all this different things you have to know. I did not enjoy that. That's, to me, that is not enjoyable. But if I was going to be able to get in an airplane one day and fly and not kill myself, <laughs> I needed to know those things. I did not need to be a novice at what I was doing. And can I tell you this, that we are taking something far more serious than flying an airplane to a soul that needs to hear it. 
And may I say this, we do not need to be a novice at it. We need to be well equipped, well prepared. And Paul tells Timothy, listen, Timothy, you've got to study. I stay on my son. He doesn't like school. He's one of those guys that doesn't like Now, Reagan, she loves it. She'd go to school year-round if she could, I think. But I'm always on my son's. Jonathan, you got those classes done? Well, almost, Dad. I'm just fixing to, just about. You got the quiz done? Yeah, I'm almost done, Dad. I, I, I'll, maybe tomorrow I'll get to it. He hates it. He hates it. But can I tell you this? It takes some diligence. It takes some character. It takes some determination for you and I to say, I don't want to just be a Christian who knows about God's Word. I want to be a Christian who knows God's Word. I want to be a Christian who can take the Bible and help someone else with it. The second thing I think we find in this, after we find the idea of studying and giving diligence to study, is the uh, fact that we need to be acceptable unto God. Notice in verse number 15, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Do you know that there are several areas that we can be approved or disapproved unto God? The Bible talks about in Romans chapter number 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, what's the next phrase? Acceptable unto God, okay? So, so understand that to be acceptable to God and, and to, to, to uh, be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, uh, there needs to be an idea of us living in a right way, also in us knowing the things that we need to know. We study so that we can be approved of God. Uh, when I got, let's go back to my illustration of, of uh, I studied for a long time to, to get my pilot's license. I flew a lot of hours with an instructor. And finally the day came, and the examiner's sitting in the airplane, and I, I'm shaking, and I'm so nervous, you know, my hands are all sweaty, because here's the man who's going to either say yes or no to me being a pilot. And, and I get done with all of that I did, and we get down on the last landing, and we land, and we pull up to the place where the taxi hasn't said a word to me. He looks over at me, he sticks his hand out, he shakes my hand and said, congratulations, <laughs> Can I tell you that? There is no greater feeling than to have the approval after having studied and worked so hard. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I as God's people could know this book so well that when we get to heaven one day, our Father reaches out and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We've been acceptable to Him, both in what we know and in what we do with our lives. Our testimony, how we live our lives. When it comes to being a workman, I believe there needs to be a diligence in studying. I believe there needs to be an effort to be acceptable to God. I think we ought to live our lives with the idea and the mindset, Lord, I want your approval on my life. I want your approval. I know we live mostly for men's approval. Even if we say we don't, many times we really do. Uh, Occasionally, if my daughter is at the house and I dress to go out somewhere, she'll look at me and she'll say, you're not wearing that, are you? Because she's worried about what people will think. And I've told her, you know, I'm 49 years old, I'm fat and bald, I, who am I trying to impress, you know? Uh, but the truth is, when it comes to my workmanship for the Lord, I better want to impress Him. I better want to do everything in my power to have His approval on my life. 
The third thing, I think, is that there needs to be some confidence. And by the way, I'll tell you this, that if we do diligence and study, if we try our best to be acceptable to God in all of these things, there will come a confidence. Notice he says here, verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Now he says this, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Have you, ever, have you ever had an opportunity to help somebody? Maybe they've come to you with a problem and you didn't know the answer. And you stumble and you bumble and you really don't know what to say to help them. And there's, there's almost a, a, shame, a shame that comes with that, with the fact that they've come to you, they know you're a Christian, and you really don't know how to answer them. Can I tell you this, that as we study diligently, as we seek to be approved of God, there will come a confidence, not, not an arrogance, but a confidence in God's Word. There will be a confidence in saying, I'm thankful that I was able to be a help to that person. I don't know if you understand this. I think most all of us here, it's a Sunday afternoon crowd. I don't think I'm telling you anything new. But we believe that this Bible holds the answer to every problem and every decision man must make. It will always give guidance to us. We may or may not understand the, the guidance the way we should, or we may or may not follow the guidance the way that we should, but it always gives us guidance. And there comes a confidence in studying it and knowing it that when someone comes to us and has a need, we can now be a workman for God doing His work, helping them with the Scripture that they need. So I think in this idea of being a workman, Paul's dealing with Timothy on this. There needs to be a diligence in studying. There needs to be an acceptableness to God in our lifestyle and what we know. There needs to be a confidence in the things that are necessary. And then lastly, number four, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And then lastly, it says this, Rightly dividing the word of truth. This is one of the great concerns. It ought to be the great concern of every Christian but certainly is a great concern of this pastor. I want to know that I'm teaching rightly from Scripture. I, I told somebody here just recently, in fact, just about a, a less than a week ago, I was talking with someone. And the idea that sometimes people will bring something to my attention and say, Pastor, you might want to look at this again. I don't ever take that the wrong way because my desire is to teach truth. And if I'm wrong, and that's possible, <laughs> I want somebody telling me. That's one of the things I love about the Baptist faith. We encourage people that sit in the pews of our churches to have the same Bible open that I'm preaching from. If I say something wrong from Scripture, somebody out there is going to catch it, I hope. And they're going to bring it to me and say, boy, you need to look at this again, Pastor. I think we missed it. Because our desire is that we want to have truth. We want to have God's truth. And I think any preacher worth his salt, as long as somebody comes to him in the right manner and, and is not just trying to, to give him a hard time about stuff, somebody just comes to him in a, in, a, in a sincere spirit and says, Pastor, I think this isn't quite right. We need to look at this again. I think any per, pre, preacher worth his salt ought to say, thank you for that. Yes, I'll look into it. I, you know what? I'm going to study that a little bit better. I'm going to make sure we're doing this right. Because I think that we as God's people, and not just preachers, but even as people that are just members of our church, we need to learn to be capable, to have the ability to rightly divide the Word of Truth. I was telling somebody just about a week or so ago, you know, one of the, 
things that I focus on in pastoring. And, and, and I may be right or wrong on it. I don't know, but I, I will say this. I believe that there are scriptural things, and certainly it has been the way the Lord has led me to pastor. There are two schools of thought. One is I can stand here and take passages of scripture, and I can teach you scripture. And we do some of that. We do hopefully do a lot of that here in our church. But while we are doing that, I hope that more importantly, I'm teaching you how to go to Scripture and to see the truth of Scripture when I'm not around. Because the truth is, I don't live at your house. I don't travel every day everywhere you go. And for you to be able to understand Scripture and to rightly divide Scripture on your own is of vast importance to me as a pastor. I believe that's part of what our job as a church is and our purpose of a church is in maturing people for the work of the ministry to equip them, to, to help them to become what they need to be, to fully equip them to do the work of the Lord. And, and so I can spoon feed truth, but while doing that, I hope that I'm teaching you how to pick up that spoon and do it yourself. You remember when you had the little kids and they were little? I remember when Reagan was born. She used to love SpaghettiOs. And it was the first time we ever gave them to her on her high chair, she had it on there. And she had that bowl. We tried to give her the spoon, you know, shave her chin. You know how you do that? She got to a certain age, she wanted to do it herself. You know how that goes. She took that little spoon, she got a big old thing of SpaghettiOs, and she went up to her mouth and hit her eyeball, you know, and then rubbed it all in her hair. That's why she's got a little bit of red hair in her hair now. And, uh, but, you know, we were feeding her but hoping that she was learning along the way. And she hasn't hit her eyeball with a spoonful of SpaghettiOs in about a week now. Because she has learned not just to be fed by us, but how to feed herself. And I think this is something that is vastly missing a lot of times in our Christian lives. A lot of members of churches come to church because they think, this is where I'm going to get fed the Word of God. And I think you ought to be fed the Word of God at church. But I think you ought to be able on Monday morning to sit down with your Bible and be fed again. And on Tuesday, you ought to be able to open its pages and feast on it again. And if as a pastor, if as a church, we're not teaching and training our people to go to God's Word and to find the principles of Scripture and to learn the principles of Scripture and to incorporate them into their lives, then we're failing as a church. Four things Paul gives to Timothy that regarding being a workman, that he give due diligence in his studying, that there be an effort to be approved of God, that there be a confidence in the things that he knows as far as Scripture is concerned, and that there be a capableness, an ability, if you will, to rightly divide the word of truth. These are things I think every one of us ought to strive for. If we're going to be effective, if we're going to reach people with the gospel in 2020, well, that's hard to say that year, isn't it? 2020. And the work of God is still not done. I remember when I was in high school, they talked about something happening with the space program in 2015. I thought, man, that's, that's a lifetime away. Now they talk about things being done in 2030 or 2050, and I think that's a lifetime away. But do you know that we still have just as much work to do for the Lord as we did back in 1980 and 1990? The work is yet there. 
When we get to the end of 2020 next year and we look back on it, are we going to say that we were able to do more for God that year than we did the year before? Is there going to be a pressing toward that mark? Is there going to be an expanding of our workmanship? Is there going to be a growth in our Christian life that causes us to be workmen that need not to be ashamed? Rightly dividing the word of truth. I want to encourage us and challenge us as we enter a brand new year to recommit ourselves to building the Christian life inwardly in our hearts on the things of the Lord. Our Bible study, our prayer time, our time serving, reaching people with the gospel. That we would recommit to these things. I'm all for a Bible reading schedule. I don't have a problem with that. We put one out with our church calendar every year. I don't mind doing a church a Bible reading schedule. But can I tell you this? I'd far rather somebody take the Word of God and read it and rightly divide it. Get out of it what the Bible has for us than to just simply go through the verses and check off a mark. I want to encourage us. Let's be workmen that are approved of God, that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message and Lord, use it, I pray, to instruct us, to guide us. So many other areas that we could have dealt with in this idea of serving and perhaps in days ahead we'll deal with even more. But Father, I believe these are some areas that we we struggle and we face in a day that we live, a lot of churches, a lot of Christians that attend church simply out of obligation or duty and there's no spiritual growth. There seems to be no pressing, no diligence, no effort put forth. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have a revival in our hearts of committing ourselves to growing in your word, to become more of a workman that is approved of you than we have been in our past. And Lord, as we look forward to another year to serve you, I pray that you would give us that that zeal, that excitement, that passion to serve you. And so, Father, we pray that you'll bless. Lord, may we leave this place with the messages today on our hearts, that they will encourage and bless us, draw us closer to you, give us safety as we travel back to our homes. And we pray that you'll bless this week as we many times will have opportunity to be with loved ones that perhaps are not saved. And if the door opens, I pray you'd give us opportunity to share the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.